Welcome to the Triumphal Feast Podcast, a ministry of Elder Bryce Lowrance speaking to you from the pulpit of Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church in Social Circle, Georgia. We need to be watching. We need to be watching for opportunities of things that we ought to be praying for. And then when we have prayed, we need to be watching for God's answer. Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church meets regularly two times a week. Our regular worship service is on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, and our Wednesday evening Bible study is at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to attend in person, we are located at 3749 Mount Perrin Church Road, Social Circle, Georgia, 30025. For more information about these services online or Mount Perrin Primitive Baptist Church, please visit our website at mppbc.com. Welcome once again to Triumphal Feast. Today, we will hear the conclusion of the message, Prayer, the Powerhouse of the Church, as found in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. God has designed His local churches to be powerful instruments for good in His creation. When we pray for God's will to be done in our personal and church lives, we can more clearly see the way to fulfill our calling. Please stay tuned for the conclusion of this message. We will begin after this hymn in the book of James, chapter 1. verses with this. You can keep your finger there in Colossians chapter 4, but turn with me over to James chapter 1. That's right after the book of Hebrews. James chapter 1. He is going to begin about falling into diverse temptations. That's various troubles of lives is how we would say that today. And so he's teaching us to have patience, which, by the way, this, is, this takes visual. There's a difference between patience and tolerance. 
Tolerance, are you looking at me? Tolerance looks like this. We're getting through it. Our teeth are clenched, our nostrils are flaring, and smoke almost comes out of our ears. We don't react, really, and we get through it, knowing that we live in a sin-cursed earth. The Bible doesn't teach tolerance. The Bible teaches patience. Patience, you pray. And patiently waiting looks like this. It's completely out of my control, but I know that my Redeemer lives. And it's a peace. And notice what James says. Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, wisdom is the application of godly knowledge. Which, by the way, godly knowledge is acting like the Lord Jesus Christ, who never did anything for himself. So if any of you don't know how to live for others, ask for wisdom. What is the one thing that Solomon asked for? Wisdom. Was it wisdom so that he could get rich? No, he said it was wisdom to rule so great a people. He prayed that God would help him help the entire nation of Israel. That's why God said yes. Because Solomon, at that time, wasn't looking out for Solomon. He was looking out for God's kingdom. And so if we want to learn how to be concerned and be praying for and be devoted to God's kingdom, if any man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. A couple of things there. He gives it liberally. He's not stingy with it. When we ask God and we're asking the right things, he pours down a blessing that we cannot contain. Upbraideth not. That means he doesn't get tired of us asking. And he doesn't mock us when we don't get it exactly right. The Spirit maketh intercession. If we have the right heart of the matter and we're taking it to God, we may not know the words, but we say, Lord, I know this is the problem here in my church Help us. We don't know what to do. He doesn't mock us for not knowing. He blesses. And then notice the last phrase of that verse. And it shall be given him. We're hard shall Baptists, aren't we? Shall is a certainty. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. If you're asking in faith, that means you know God can and will deliver. And you're going to be asking for the right things, so don't waver in it. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. James clarifies it right there, what kind of stuff we ought to be asking for. Don't just ask God for anything. The horrible heresy that permeates Christianity today is that if you just ask God for it, he'll give it to you. Talking about material things. The Apostle Paul praised the Lord. And oh, okay. There's another phrase that the Apostle Paul used that's greatly misused. 
I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Here's your homework. Go read the context of that, but I'm going to give you the answer before you get there. He said, I have learned to be rich and I've learned to be poor. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I have learned to be healthy and I've learned to be sick. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Not talking about material prosperity in this world. Not talking about being able to lift the back end of a car. Not talking about being able to be the, the best NFL football player there is. It's talking about being content. Content means true peace. And it's not, by Paul, Paul saying, I've been rich and I've been poor, contentment's not in either one of those. Contentment is knowing that we're in Christ. It's not in whether we're healthy or we're sick. Contentment is regardless of whether we're healthy or sick, we know we're in Christ and we are at peace. I may have given you this example before, but Elder Mike Ivey, my father in the ministry, his aunt was dying of brain cancer. I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that's gone through that, but it is excruciatingly painful. And it messes with the mind to where that you say things and think things that you never would have before. It's painful. And as his aunt lay dying, she reaches out her hand to Brother Mike and says, You know, Mike, this is a hard way to serve the Lord. She was content. The pain didn't go away. But she knew she was with the Lord. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 7. We sing this verse in conjunction with Matthew 6.33. The Seek Ye First song that we sing sometimes. Matthew 7, 7, <clears throat> ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. How many times did I say the word might? Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Eh. If the Lord feels like it, no. Shall. Three times. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, meaning you're not God, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Shall. I'm not talking about being a spoiled brat. They that ask mommy and daddy for the things all the time and they give them to them and so they just keep asking for stuff. If you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. But folks, if we are asking things that are according to the will of God, he shall answer. So when the next time you go to pray, don't go in wavering. Don't go in doubting. 
go in praying, Lord, I am trying to ask according to your will. And if I'm wrong, show me. And then know this. If we pray without expecting an answer, then I have a question for you. Why pray? If we're not expecting, now God, we're not, he's not obligated to answer us because of how good we are. But because God is so loving toward you and so merciful toward you, he obligates himself. That's his very nature is to grant blessing. And when we're asking according to his will, there's nothing wrong with expecting an answer. Now, under the category of watch, you need to be watching because that answer may not be what you are expecting. He's going to give you the answer that you need that will actually solve the problem. Let's go back to Paul's example. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We have no idea what that was. It sounds painful. And if God had taken it away, then the next time Paul had a pain, he would pray that God would take it away. How many of you prayed to have a headache go away? (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. But notice what God did for Paul by saying, my grace is sufficient for thee. The next time a pain happened, shipwreck, beaten and left for dead, Paul already knew the answer, my grace is sufficient for thee. So he had a peace even before he asked God, help me with this pain. When we are doing this, we're doing as James instructed, and that is we're, we're, we're asking according to the will of God. And so when we ask, we're asking the Spirit to move. We cannot ask to be born again, neither would we. The natural man is not interested in the things of God. God makes the move on us first. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in us in union with our spirit. Therefore, we're able to ask and want to ask God for help. We sing another old hymn, the blessed spirit like the wind blows when and where he please. And the new birth, that's certainly so. And in natural providence, that's also the case. We cannot make God do anything any more than we can make the wind blow. So I'm not saying pray to make the wind blow. I'm saying pray, then watch. We can't make the wind blow, but folks, we can set the sails on the ship and be ready when he does blow. If we're watching. You know, there's probably countless times where you prayed and stopped paying attention. If you're like me, God answered and you didn't notice it. We need to be watching. We need to be watching for opportunities of things that we ought to be praying for. And then when we have prayed, we need to be watching for God's answer. It may be a long time before he does. Don't try to fix it along the way, Abraham. God promised him a child. He tried to fix it along the way. 
Now there's trouble in the Middle East. That's Abraham's fault. Ishmael was not the child of promise. Isaac was. Abraham tried, and Sarah tried to fix it. Maybe this is how the Lord's going to work. We got Ishmael. Nations divided to this day. No. God's promise is for Abraham and Sarah. 25 years later, the prayer was answered. Even though they doubted, even though Sarah laughed, even though Abraham doubted, God answered the prayer. So keep asking. Hannah prayed for a child. Don't remember for how long. But remember what she prayed. She prayed, Lord, if I can have a son, I'll devote him back to you. We get Samuel. See, if we are praying for something in our personal lives that is going to further the kingdom of God, God's going to be very pleased to ask for that. So if we're playing that our children act better so that they don't get on our nerves, that's not the right prayer. Lord, I want my child to be honorable in your sight and to be a good testimony of the love of Christ in his life. Pray that prayer and let's see what happens. May take some time. But if it's one of the Lord's little ones, it'll be there. So set the sails. Wait for the wind. Something we also need to understand. Listen to me very, very carefully because this is important. You know, the Bible says that he knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts afar off. Before we think a thought, God knows what we're going to think. Before we say a word, he knows what we're going to say. You know that applies to prayer also? Not just our, the bad thinking. That's how I kind of apply that. God, God knows our motivation, and so I can't hide anything from him. I might be able to hide it from other people, but God knows why I did it. That's the bad side of that. Here's the positive side. Do you know when you pray according to the will of God, the answer is already on the way? Let me state that again so you hear it. When you're praying according to the will of God, he's already been sending the answer. You know how I know that? Because you wouldn't have prayed for it. He's already put it upon your heart and mind to ask for something that he has in his hand. And he's already stretching it out to give you. Individually, church. Folks... <laughs> As sure as two times two is four, God answers prayer. It's a mathematical certainty because he said, I will. Why is that? It's because we have a good father. We've already seen that in Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at the thanksgiving. Turn with me over to the Psalms. Psalm 86, we, we, we've seen that we need to be continuing in prayer. That means we've got to start. We've got to keep it going and be in that mindset all the time. Keep that fire burning. Don't just pray when there's trouble. Pray all the time. 
and be watching. Watch for opportunities to say, God, would you intervene? And let me make sure you understand something. God is not the God of the deists who just created everything, set it in motion, and has no interest in it. God intervenes in the affairs of men. It's called providence. He intervenes. Our country is here today because of the providence of God and a fog that hit Washington and his army when they were outnumbered, out of food, no shoes, marching in the snow. God intervened. Why? Because a man named George knelt there at Valley Forge and he prayed. I think if he hadn't prayed, there wouldn't be the United States of America now. The effectual and fervent prayer of one righteous man gave us a nation. Can you imagine the effectual, fervent prayer of an entire church? The effect that it can have. So we're watching. And with thanksgiving, Psalm 86. David's in trouble. Verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good. Start your prayer that way. This is not like asking somebody that doesn't care for you. Start off with reminding yourself that God is good. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. He's ready to bless. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee for thou wilt answer me. David understood the shalls mean in the future, God will. Thou wilt answer me. Why? Because he's good. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Our prayers, our supplications for help should be mixed with prayers of thanksgiving. If we are not watching, then we're missing when God answers and we won't be giving Him thanks for what He has already done. I point to my father as a pretty good example of how you ought to pray. Whether he prays for a minute or five minutes, 95% of it is listing how good God is and how good God has been to him. And then he'll finish off by asking for a single need. David, when he went to fight Goliath, didn't forget about what God had done before. David gained strength by saying, He gave me the lion and he gave me the bear. Who is this? That defies me? No, that defies 
the armies of the living God. You see the key? The prayers that work are the ones that are according to the will of God. And when they're according to the will of God, giants fall. Kingdoms collapse. Countries are born. Churches are delivered. And the gates of hell are knocked down with the battering ram of prayer. Psalm 145. Now i got to hurry. Psalm 145. I'm going to read some of these statements just to get them in your minds of how good God is, how good your Father is. Psalm 145. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of what? His kingdom. That's the focus. The focus of our prayers should be the kingdom of Christ. In Revelation, it describes a time that says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Why aren't we praying for that now? We need to be. We need to be. Lamentations chapter 3. Brother Brad mentioned this, I believe, in his prayer earlier. Lamentations chapter 3, I'll read this to you. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We know those texts well, but hear what comes next. The Lord is my portion. Oh, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Remember, looking and seeking aren't the same thing. To look for something, you just kind of casually look for it. To seek means you knock everything out of the way. We are told in Hebrews to come boldly to the throne of grace for help in time of need. Why is it that we are to come boldly? Because Jesus Christ has taken everything else out of the way. There is no intercessor other than the man, Jesus Christ. And so we are to come boldly when we need help to the one that can and does help. And he is full of compassion. Great is his faithfulness to his own word. And I'll close with this, a portion of Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Start your prayer that way. Reminding yourself that you're praying for something that you don't own. You don't own yourself. You're bought with a price. You're his. And here's what I was looking for. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving.
And we started this with the gates of hell shall not prevail against the battering ram of prayer. You know why? Because when you're praying, you're entering into his gates. And he's tearing down those gates and walls and everything out there. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Continue. Watch. Be full of thanksgiving. The powerhouse of the church is not standing in this pulpit. The strength of this church is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the powerhouse that opens it up is our prayers. Are we praying for Mount Perrin Church? If we are, continue. If we're not, let's start. Because that's the kingdom of God. And once we've continued, let's watch. Let's watch for her needs and watch how God blesses. And then when we see it, give him the praise and thanksgiving that's due to his name. May the Lord bless you all, is my prayer. We hope this edition of Triumphal Feast has been a blessing to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website at mppbc.com for further resources, including our devotional blog, Little Brother's Thoughts on the Bible. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you all, is our prayer.